Hello and welcome back to That Park Life Podcast. Happy to be back after one week off. Of course, I am Greg, joined as always by... Beth. Beth. I'm here. Yeah. Greg, I missed you. It was. I was thinking today, I was like, it was kind of weird. Yeah, we went like... I like, know we've taken weeks off before, but we just didn't really talk much last week, so mm. I was hoping you would come back with some good stories of uh, new episodes of Crap My Niece Says. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, so I'm hoping maybe you have something to give us for that. Um, also, uh, yes. did we try to record this podcast an hour ago? Yes, we did. Sure but here did. we are. We're here. <laughs> it's all good. We're figuring out some tech things. Was it Greg's mistake? Sure was. Well, so... it's totally fine. I, I would rather it be a, a moment where we learn something so yes. that when it happens again, we're like, hey, did we check this this time? Then it actually be like a real issue that we got to figure something out for. <laughs> I you know thought you I mean? were going to say I would rather it be a Greg thing. But yeah, I mean. No, um, no. Okay, so, you know, we say we took a week off, but it's because I had to do some traveling, and I got to see some family. It was my little niece's communion. I will tell you one quick niece story, okay. and this was her communion, and I can't mm-hmm. believe this demon child was um, has gone through another sacrifice. Sacri- what's the word? Sacrament? I must said sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, no. That's later in life. That is later, but uh, <laughs> part of her party after her first communion um, was at my brother's house, and they had an, uh, a bounce house outside, and it started to rain, so it was kind of slick to begin with, and mm. then my niece uh, approached the bounce house with a tube of bubbles, and we were like, what, what are you doing? And she just looks at us and walks towards it, and, and she motions <laughs> to pour it into the funhouse, and we're like, no, 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 don't do that, because it's already like slippery, and you know, that's like, yeah. it's basically soap, right? So she yes. turns around, makes eye contact with us, and then dumps it into the funhouse. <laughs> and then it's a foam party for children. Oh, they're going to have so much fun with her oh when she gosh. hits like she's puberty, basically. Yes. Yeah, she's only eight. All I could think of when you told me that you were going to her com- uh, communion was mm-hmm. like, um, the little girl who's taken her first communion and she she literally like drinks almost the whole thing of wine <laughs> when they're giving it to her and like the mom's filming it the whole time it was like seriously yeah no there was anyway. no wine consumption they just do the just little, the bubbles the little um the little jesus at the uh <laughs> at the church anyway that's not my joke that's a dan cook joke don't come for me that's not sacrilegious. that's right okay so, i literally used that word this past week when we were okay, talking good. about communion at church so you're totally fine yeah so anyway, um, back to some Disney stuff. I I have to make a few corrections, and okay. I didn't even realize this until Nicole pointed it out to me. That's my wife, for those of you that are new. Uh-oh. And um, it's something you and I both did, and okay. something that I did alone. I'll start with the I did alone. When I first went to the new quick service place at Epcot, I kept calling it Creations Cafe and Creations Eatery, but it is called Connections Cafe Connections, Connections Eatery. Oh, uh, creations yeah. is the shop connections is the place yeah to eat, which makes sense you i feel like maybe i've been seeing it in words and then not putting it together but in my mind yes. i'm like yeah it's creation yeah like they're creation, all creations just cafe. one's a shop one's an eatery one's yeah because it would cafe. be easier just to be like creation cafe creation eatery creation so, whatever but it's my connections. bad my bad connections and the other one you and i both did i don't think either one of us realized that while we were talking about it we were talking mm-hmm. about Polynesian and one of the like questions to things to eat when um, our listener and her husband were going to be in the area for golf, right? So yeah. we both called oh. the quick service place at at the Polynesians Captain Jack. Captain it's not Jack's. the name of it. It is Captain Cooks. So Captain Cooks, you're so right. sorry, everybody. You know what though? Because here's why. Because the restaurant that we're looking at in Disneyland Paris is called Captain Jack's. And we've been looking at that. It's on my list because we're getting close to being able to make our reservations for that. Interesting. And it actually is called Captain Jack's. And we had that conversation with Cam when Cam was on because Mm. he was like, 
you should go to Captain Jack's. So I think I literally just have had that in my head. And I, I think in my head, I was literally thinking, I don't even know if that's the right name of it. And you were like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess it is then. I, not like, not to like put the blame on you, but no, I think no, I in my it. head, I was like, yeah, I think that's what it's called. Like he goes there all the time. It's Captain Jack's, but you're right. It's Captain Cook's. I don't know why. So I'm sorry. Either way, everybody. if you look up Captain something at the Polynesian, you're going to find it. Yeah, you know start, what I mean? Start typing in the word <laughs> captain. It'll come we up. are still a really good source for your Disney things, people. Yeah, I promise. That. Other than that, um, I do um, want to talk about my rope dropping. Um, I haven't rope dropped Magic Kingdom in a long time, especially mm. coming from home. Meaning, yeah. like, if I'm at a resort, it's obviously a little easier. It's, uh, you know, less of a commute, if you will. But um, I rope dropped Magic Kingdom yesterday morning, and um, I unintentionally rope dropped. In my head, I thought it was open at 8. So I got there at mm. about 8.15, 8.20, and I looked, and it was open at 9. And I'm like, oh, what do I do now? You're like, why is there no one here? <laughs> Well, there's tons of people there, but at 8.30, all the resort guests go in, right? So right. if you're staying on, on property, you could you scan your magic man and get in. And I wasn't. I just came from home. Do they so, just have um, someone standing at each land? Not all lands scans? are open. So Fantasyland and okay. Tomorrowland are open, but Adventureland, Frontierland, Liberty Square are not open yet. So oh, okay. um, I uh, spent like 40 minutes just walking around Main Street, taking some photos. It started to pour. So we were all like yeah, me and a bunch dark. of- I was yeah, like, was it's looking pretty, pretty dark there, Greg. <laughs> yeah, it, it, these guys opened up. But then it, it cleared up, and it was only drizzling after that for a little while. But um, like most people I know, uh, I rope dropped. It's a small world because I haven't done it in a long Everybody time. Everybody does that. I didn't want to do Haunted Mansion or Pirates, something I probably – or Peter Pan, which is like one of our trifecta without Nicole. Yeah. She was at work. So I was like, you know what? I haven't done Small World here in Disney World in a while. Um, so I did that. And of course, I hopped on the people mover because there was literally a walk on to that. There's mm-hmm. not one like not a line at all. It just go directly up to the to the moving platform. Um, I did Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger spin for the first mm-hmm. time in a long time as well. It was maybe a five minute wait. Then I did the treehouse, the Swiss Family Treehouse, the uh, steamboat around the rivers of America and then had some lunch over at Columbia Harbor House. And I had put up a Just poll a nice to see where day. people wanted me to eat. And they voted for the yeah. people have spoken and they voted for Columbia Harbor House. So um, I, had I did also. Leave. I also voted for Columbia Harbor House. So uh, when I clicked on it, I was like, oh, most people said that. OK, he's probably going to eat there then. <laughs> um, all those things I did, I did in about two hours, which I thought was pretty mm. good. Um I'm not including the time where the park wasn't open. So the first 40 minutes, I didn't do right. any of that. I just walked around. But between you nine. You got some good pictures. Yeah. Between nine and like 1130 or so, I was d- done eating and just walking around after that. And uh, I feel like I got a lot of stuff. So the reason I say all this is for sure, I'm sure we've said it before and we'll continue to say it. If you want to maximize your time on, you know, ride to, you know, ride back to back to back rides and stuff. You got to get there at park open. I know that sometimes it's difficult. You're on vacation. Sometimes you feel like you might want to sleep in, but there really is nothing like going to the park at open, especially Magic Kingdom, which has so many rides that like at that time of day, the crowd is pretty like spread out, so to speak. There are plenty of like high profile attractions to do. So obviously I'm not talking about Mine Train or even Space Mountain, but just some of like the everyday rides for like the whole family. You could do Mm -hmm. most of them probably in the morning. Yeah. We usually go do like pirates or actually we do Jungle Cruise first because mm. Jungle Cruise just always has an atrocious yes. line in it. I'm like, it's outside. It's, it's so hot. I don't know why you would want to wait for like 90 minutes in that line. So typically we try to go do that first. And then like usually you can hit pirates, um, thunder, like splash, mm. like all those super quick. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's usually like the route we take. But but anyway, I'm getting excited because our countdown is on for like all the things. Because I feel like everything's kind of like kicking off the next thing in our like summer. So I'm ready for 
a little yeah you'll Disney be here trip. in just a couple of weeks less than a couple yeah. like two three weeks i don't know you, you know your yeah. countdown but you'll be here shortly that's right because we'll yeah. do a few days there come home then we go to the beach with doug's family and then like a couple weeks after that is when we go to europe so I've been um, like nesting for Europe, if you will. My Amazon has been blowing up because I keep getting things. I'm trying them on if they don't fit or if I need a different size or I don't like it, I'm sending it back. So I have like a bunch of stuff that I need to return. Um, But I'm like, well, I'm getting more things tomorrow. So I'm just going to wait until I get the things then because I got to try them on and see if they fit. And then I'm trying to get my outfits together. Collection of berets for your time in Paris? No. No. Well, I did get a hat, if you will. We're only going to be in Paris for a couple of days, so it's mainly like Greece because okay. I'm trying to be like, what can I wear that will be cute to wear that I can sweat my arse off in because I will be sweating buckets, I'm sure, um, but still look kind of cute, you know? Yes. And then I'm trying to think of like our couple days in Italy because basically for certain things that we're doing, like we're doing a, a tour of the St. Peter Basilica mm. and women have to have their shoulders and their knees covered. So I'm like trying to figure out what should I wear for that? Cause it's going to be hot, all the things. So anyways, that's Boy, things you don't think about, huh? Co- having to cover your shoulders and things. Yeah. Well, a friend, I didn't even like know until a friend was like, Hey, a lot of places that you go in Italy, um, especially like religious places, uh, they like, like for you to have those things covered. So I was like, okay, well I'm just going to try to find some cute outfits and to wear that will, you know, kill those two birds in one stone and then i'll be fine to like also wear them and not be super sweaty so okay just getting all my outfits together and then i gotta get my backpack i gotta order my backpack that it work because we're not taking we're not checking bags we're basically just taking backpacks so that's the whole other monster too backpacking around europe yes my um my ocd self and my cousin we put i told you we put this document together and i shared it with the rest of my family yesterday and of course my brother immediately comes back with nerd (laughs) (laughs) i was like well this nerd's saving you from all the things that you may not have thought of but anyways all right okay we get to today's topic we're doing a resort rundown we're doing coronado springs it is our oh a little ambiance for yeah i feel like we've hit a mood here (laughs) accidentally uh do you want to know one thing that i did for today's notes sure I looked up pronunciations of some things. Oh my gosh, so I have to change this music. Hold on, let's try hopefully this. Hopefully I won't be botching it so much. Oh, oh yeah, a little faster. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, a resort rundown on a moderate resort. Uh, this will be our last of the moderates. We've already done the two Port Orleans resorts and then uh, Caribbean Beach. I'm gonna, I think I have to start calling it Caribbean based on how the Skyliner pronounces it. All of the old mm, Disney World planning Caribbean. videos call it Caribbean. Caribbean. I don't know. I, I mean, so it, anyway. I've heard it both ways. It's literally one of those things you could go either way. It's fine. Yes. So, uh, so today we're talking about Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. And you may have noticed that I didn't do like a custom audio intro to the episode because mm-hmm. most of our other resort rundowns have that because normally I'll just pull some audio from the old disney world planning videos that you can find on youtube it's actually pretty easy to find but um i did pull some audio from the 1998 disney world planning video so coronado as i'm sure you're going to mention in your thing opened up in 97 right but it had Mm -hmm. opened after the video was produced so 98 was the very first walt disney world planning video that featured disney's coronado springs resort and this is what that video had to say about it and at our newest resort, the scenic vistas of the American Southwest and regions of Mexico. 
That's it. So not a whole lot to I work mean, with. They couldn't, they couldn't even get someone with like a slightly Spanish American accent to nothing. do this. Not, normally they'll talk about like the pools or just like something like they talk about the amenities, like something. It was literally just a, a throwaway line. So that was all everybody. There's okay, your well, audio about the resort. Yeah, I know. Thinking about that now, I'm like when they do. Well, I guess they do have like YouTube. They put out videos on YouTube and stuff when they have new things coming up. Because I'm like, where are we getting our intro videos now? But well, that's the thing. We're finally up to the point, I think, where our resorts are new-ish to where they were starting to like phase out or minimize those resort planning videos. Right. This is 97. So it's 97 and up basically. And obviously once Mm -hmm. we get to like Saratoga Springs, which is 2004 or even Riviera, which is 2019, there just isn't a video for those things. Or they have like, they do have some little, I don't know. We'll find something. We'll find something. Leave it to Greg. He loves a good audio clip. He'll find one. All right. Are you ready to get started? Yeah. Let's We're going to do some his- history and stats. I've got a lot of notes here. Um, I think this is going to go better than the last one <laughs> since we lost our notes for the last one. But And it's a twofer. Yes. Technically, we got two buildings here. Yeah. We are going to talk about the Grandestino, if you will. And okay. Will. So let's start out with what Disney officially says about Coronado Springs. Celebrate the unique blend of Spanish, Mexican, and Southwestern American cultures at Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. This beautiful lakeside oasis offers classic influences, Disney touches, and modern comforts to energize and inspire. Wow, almost as good as the planning video guy. (laughs) You're welcome. That's our version of the planning video. Okay, and I also want to start this out by saying, obviously, I get my information from different places but there was an, a really good article on allears.net so i'm going to give them a shout out here uh they do w wdw chronicles so this is a really well put together uh article and i also got some things from disney's website also got some things from wikipedia so there's things all over the place but um most of it came from this article so here we go uh so we're going to back up a little bit the blizzard beach water park was originally going to be connected to a disney resort and the resort that they wanted to put there was where Coronado Springs Resort is now. So I think they were going to call it Disney's Alpine Resort. I think we talked about this, didn't we? At some point, yeah. In a previous episode, it was a project that was going to happen but never did. Um, and it would have, like, overlooked the melting snows of Blizzard Beach, per se. Like, that was the idea. Okay. Uh, it would have been a moderately priced hotel. And as one of the perks for staying there, guests would have been able to, like, ride a chairlift to the water park. Oh. So I thought that was... That it would have cool been like a, an original Skyliner situation. Yeah, basically. Um, but obviously that, you know, project was nicked. One of the ideas was because a hotel connected to a water park was not ideal because they said um, the water parks would have to be revamped every year. And so they didn't mm-hmm. really want visitors overlooking like an empty water park. Mm-hmm. They just were like, that kind of doesn't go with our story. Like it wouldn't go with the storyline. Uh, I think because they do sandblasting at the bottom of everything on a yearly basis when the parks are closed. And they just didn't want guests to have to be watching that every year. So that's why that project was essentially put on hold. So there were other things that came into play putting the project on hold. But um, it was originally proposed in 1992. So Hmm. here's kind of this is a time frame from when it was proposed to when it actually came to fruition. The original plans did not include a convention center, but they did a bunch of studies that showed that Walt Disney World didn't really have enough convention center space. So that was like one of the other issues that they were trying to fix in that. Um, There were other resorts that had space, but the room rates were also high for those um, for those rooms that a lot of like business budgets 
they were finding, you know, like a lot of businesses didn't really have the budget yeah, for that. Yeah, they couldn't so all like, well, we... the contemporary. Yeah, yeah, right. So they were like, well, we need something that's like more budget friendly that has bigger convention space. So finally, with the introduction, and they like needed to save money there too. So they the introduction of tunnel form cost-conscious construction came out and they were able to pour like concrete bays. That's when it became feasible for this project to be more like of an economic solution because they were able to like use this technology and that wasn't until 1995. Um, so that kind of helped with them being able to move forward with a more like price conscious resort. All right. I'm good. Before we get into construction and stats of this, I'm going to tell you the, the storyline mm. behind the hotel. So this is the storyline we get. Francisco de Coronado left Mexico in 1540 and headed north in search of the fabled seven gold golden cities of Cibola. Imagineers use that actual story as a springboard for the backstory that Coronado Springs was founded by the descendants of a Spanish explorer named Juan Francisco. Searching for gold in 1569, Francisco stumbled upon the ruins of a 46-foot-tall Mayan pyramid. Hundreds of years later, relatives found his charts and decided to mount an expedition of their own. The rugged group liked the place so much that they built houses and put down roots. So that's kind of the storyline behind Coronado Springs. And it opened August 1st, 1997. So we're coming up on an anniversary of it there. Um, all right, let's get into construct some construction and stat. There's a lot of backstory here. So the theme is American, colonial, Spanish, and Southwestern American. Hmm. This was uh, Walt Disney World's first attempt at a moderate resort with the convention center. We talked a little bit about that. It's the only moderate level Disney resort that has suites, a cafeteria style, a cafeteria style restaurant, a formal dinner uh, restaurant, the Mayan Grill. Maya Grill. Um, is it Maya or Mayan? It's Maya. Maya. Okay. Maya like Grill. Maya a Rudolph. Gift sh- just a yeah. <laughs> yeah. A gift shop, an arcade, one large pool, three quiet pools, a salon, a fitness center, and a dance club, among other things. The architect of the resort is Graham Gund, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about the design of this. So there's open air walkways, sort of like a motel would have versus like corridor corridors. So they're more like open air type areas that you would see. They use real ceramic tiles and high visibility areas while in other less visible areas they actually mixed the real thing with fake so that means that basically for every 10,000 feet of tile you see 5,000 of them might be ceramic but the remainders were like faux finished Hmm. so they mix that in to save money when they're putting this together uh in the rooms headboard the headboards are painted for texture instead of using wood molding so a lot of those things that look like they're wooden stuff are not they're just texture uh bull holland he was a director of design and development for the resort he stated at the time um that some conventioneers see only business deals and don't want too much of a good time atmosphere. However, the Walt Disney World Resort market required more amenities. It's all very subjective and you must take into account the nature of convention business and meetings. So hmm. they basically, you know, they're like, we want it to be business, but also pleasure. Okay. When they were putting this together. Uh, he goes on to talk about how the Southwestern versus Mexican styles like works um, a little bit of an issue. They were trying to make sure they married the two. He said there was a struggle between Southwestern and Mexican styles. Southwest is more serious and acceptable for business, while Mexico provides a fun and fanciful image. So that was the idea of mixing the two. Uh, the resort was designed to reflect three themes, cabanas, ranchos, and casitas. Uh, the two-story cabana buildings represent the coastal regions of the American Southwest and Gulf Coast villas. Uh, the cabanas surround the rocky beach adjacent to the 15-acre man-made lake Lago Dorado, which oh. you talk about. You have a little... Uh, fun fact down there we'll talk about that and the cabanas are made up of three buildings that have two floors each 
The architect and land architecture and landscape of the ranchos suggest a more arid country ranch or farmhouse part of the region with a small stream or um, arroyo tumbling over a rocky stream bed. The ranchos are made up of four Pueblo style buildings that have three floors each. And the project co uh, coordinator, Mark Cole, who was the, um, on this project, he said, we made sure the vegetation se selected would, would actually really grow next to a river in the same region of Mexico. Hmm. So a lot of the vegetation there is legit. Uh, the casitas were inspired by the urban areas of Mexico and the American Southwest. They are interspersed with colorful plazas and fountains and palm-shaded courtyards. They are made up of five buildings that have four floors each and are close to the convention center. So there's a lot of rooms going on around here. A lot of rooms. Obviously, when you have a convention center, you got to have a lot of rooms. Uh, Coles was also quoted saying, we had to find a balance between Mexico and the Southwest when it came to selecting colors and how they relate. It was a two-year research process where team members went to look and bring back photos, art, and books for inspiration. I have a Mexican stone calendar, he said, on his wall, and the art that they finally selected for the guest rooms provides a better fit for the theme of that particular area. All right, now we're going to talk about Palacios, which is the Spanish word for palaces. They're decorated in shades of desert sand and sunset pink. The red tile roofs, mosaic accents, shady courtyards, and sunny patios were called the Grand Haciendas of the Spanish colonial era. So that's another little touch there for you. Uh, project coordinator for uh, this, Cindy McKenzie, she returned from a research trip to Oaxaca with three foot tall frogs, lobsters and iguanas to take up on residents in the 420 seat pepper market food court meant to suggest an old warehouse where individual food vendors have set up shop. The restaurant is divided into three areas, the fire temple near the ex, uh, exhibit cooking, the water temple and the sun temple. If you go to the pepper market food court, you'll see all that in there. And yes, I did look up the pronunciation of Oaxaca because <laughs> that word is spelled O-A-X-A-C-A. And yeah. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what is this? Oaxaca. Uh, the Mayan pyramid was to serve as a ceremonial center in the lake. According to the Imagineers, the temple sits five stories above the Coronado Springs and the water cascades down the temple steps into the lost city of Cibola. And that's what the Cibola pool, that's where the feature pool is. Um, it has bas relief sculptures called Stele. Stele. <laughs> sure. And they have been carved into the pyramid. So that's another uh, feature there. The Lost City of Cibola featured pool. It says the dig site. This themed area includes a huge pool. It's 120 by 90 feet, a sand volleyball court, the largest outdoor hot tub in Walt Disney World property. They have a 20,000 square feet playground, and they also have an iguana arcade. So lots to do here, even places for your kids to go and hang out. The focal point of the resort, the dig site, is 46-foot, five-story tall Mayan pyramid themed with a water slide. So if you've seen like pictures of this, it's, it is redonkulous looking mm -hmm. when you're looking at it. Yeah. As a modern archaeological dig of an ancient lost kingdom. That's like the idea behind it. Beginning of the day, the Mayan pyramid is turned on and a huge stream of water flows down the giant steps. And they also allow kids to be a part of this like opening ceremony each day. I don't know if they still do this post COVID, but apparently they at least used to do this. And then the dig site underwent a massive renovation ending um, in December, 2018. They did a, a lot of renovating in 2018. So I'll mention that a little bit later, too. The La Marina, which is Spanish for the marina, <laughs> it opens seasonally. The marina offers watercraft rentals to guests, including boats, water cycles, kayaks, paddle boats, and fishing excursions, in addition to bike rentals. Apparently, the marina is not really utilized a lot, mm -mm. but um, but it does, you know, it's there and they have all these amenities. 
let's talk about the convention center. So the Coronado Springs Resort Convention Center is the largest convention center on Walt Disney World property. We talked about that. That's why they built this. They needed a huge convention center. It has two, over 220,000 square feet of meeting space. And it also includes a 60,200 foot square, um, 200 square foot Coronado Ballroom, which is the largest ballroom in the southeastern United States, apparently. Wow. That's crazy. Uh, it also has the 21,160 square foot Fiesta Ballroom, as well as the 86,000 square foot Veracruz Exhibition Hall. Um, and the Exhibition Hall has a 15,000 square foot uh, pre-function space, in addition to 45 breakout rooms. That's insane. A lot of breakout rooms. 45. Who's having that many breakout rooms in one like <laughs> sitting? I mean, I guess you could have multiple people having conventions there at the same time, but... It's been uh, designated as being the premier single-level hotel convention facility on the East Coast, and it's one of the largest single-level hotel convention centers in the Southeast. And there's also a business center located on site, which is just nuts. It's just a huge convention center. Uh, before we talk about the Grandestino Tower, all the rooms are renovated in 2018. They have uh, they got new beds, new flat screen TVs, and other new furnishings. Basically, the same things they do to like everything else. It just zhuzh it up a bit. But those TVs, we'll talk about those TVs when we We're get to We're going to talk part. about the TVs. Okay. Let's talk about the Grand Destino Tower. It opened July 9th in 2019. The tower opened along with renovations of existing rooms. The newer tower added 545 rooms to the resort's existing 1,840 rooms. And it also includes a unique two-story lobby. So we have a, a lot of rooms here. All the rooms throughout the resort were updated to celebrate the, this is what they have quoted saying, to celebrate the daring spirit of the great Spanish explorers, artists, writers, and architects. The name of the tower was inspired by Destino, which means destiny, that began in 1945 as a seven-minute experimental animated short. It was a collaboration between Walt Disney and the uh, famed surrealist painter Salvador Dali that was never completed during their lifetimes. It was the beginning of a long friendship between the two visionary artists. Dolly's idea for the story was inspired by a melancholy love song entitled Destino that Disney had purchased but never used for the animated feature film The Three Caballeros, which was from 1944. Uh, Walt teamed the Spanish artist with John Hinch to help guide him through the mechanics of um, animation for several months, with Hinch creating some artwork for the film as well. The pre-production artwork of Dolly and Hinch was rediscovered by Roy E. Disney in 1999 when he was working on Fantasia. Uh, Fantasia 2000. He later championed the finishing and releasing of the film in 2003 that was shown at several international film exhibitions. Hinch was still working at the Disney company at the age of 95. Uh, he consulted on the work and Dolly's wife loaned her uh, late husband's notebooks on the film. Wow. So it's just like, I thought that was crazy. I'm like, I don't know if anybody really knows about this. I mean, I'm sure no, some people and do, but. I, we'll talk a little bit more about the decorations in some of the rooms at mm -hmm. this resort. But what I didn't know is that the song entitled Destino was purchased but was never used for yeah. the Three Caballeros, which is part of the theming of the old right. or the traditional part of the resort, which is nuts that it's all like full circle in this Grand yeah. Destino. Mm -hmm. uh, the Dahlia Lounge on the 16th floor of the Grand Destino is inspired by Spanish surrealism and features a wall full of uh, Walt Disney with Salvador Dali from over the years. Um, the lounge is named after the heroine of the film, a young woman who struggles through the fluidi fluidity of time and unusual transformations to be united through destiny with her one true love. Dandelion imagery and metal uh, bell accents. At one point in the film, she becomes clothed in Belle's shadow. All around the tower include a massive mural on the wall, all drawn inspiration from the film and its heroine. And I'm, I'm assuming that Dahlia was like, like because of Dolly. Salvador Dali? I don't know. Well, Dahlia is also a type of flower. 
It I is, was look, but I was curious about that because I don't I don't know much about flowers, but um, yeah, but yeah, it's, I'm sure like it's the all black related. dahlia. Anyways, oh yeah, <laughs> there's a Disney Imagineer. His name is David Sto- uh, David Stoffseek. He said that the tower pays homage to the Spanish origins of the stories of Mexico and the American Southwest that are already told at the resort. He said that the resort's 14-acre lake, Lago Dorado, ties it all together and that the tower's ribbon-patterned lines on its exterior, which illuminate at night, they represent waters that flow through the building and into the lake. So Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool as a little, like, when you see that at nighttime or, you know, whenever, that's the idea there. Stoffseek said some of the influences, the Spanish influences in the architecture were extended to provide opportunities to allow more light into the space in the building and that the decorative panels around the lobby itself were inspired by five specific tile designs from around Barcelona and Toledo that the Imagineers discovered during their research. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, nothing uh, like super notable has happened here, mm, but we do have some other well, fun facts. Yeah, the Beatles didn't break up here at this resort, yeah, sorry, so we don't have that big. notable event. Um, every time I, I hear Lago Dorado, I'm like, well, what does that mean? It just means the Golden Lake. Mm-hmm. Who knew? I don't really know what the... Uh... Lago do- it's also really fun to say Lago Dorado. Yes. And there <laughs> is a real Lago Dorado hotel in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's on a little tiny island off of like the big part of Spain called... Uh, um, well, I'm going to say it's called Formentera, but who Formentera. knows how it's actually pronounced. Formentera. Yes. Um, and it is. <laughs> can you, can, you roll you can your R's, Greg? Can you no. roll your R's? I did not do well in my AP Spanish (laughs) class. You know why? Because I couldn't roll my R's. Um, I mean, I was terrible at Spanish, but I could. That's the only thing I got. I was like, I can roll my R's, but that's all I have. I can't. I don't have anything else. No. So um, I'm not going to roll my R's. I'm not going to embarrass myself (laughs) and try. Um, Let's talk about the resort itself, some of the prices, the different rooms available, the places to eat, shop, the different recreation. And of course, I'll go into some pros and cons, some experiences I've had staying there. And all that fun stuff you come to expect in a resort rundown episode. Mm-hmm. Like we said, this is considered a moderate resort, although Grand Destino is like a moderate deluxe, if you yeah. ask me. It's yeah. it's basically a deluxe. But um, so That's where all the like heads of your company are staying. <laughs> yeah. When you go there for a convention, you're in the regular Coronado, yes. but your boss is in the Grand Destino Tower. Yeah. <laughs> so the price range here is kind of all over the place because you have your old classic rooms versus the new Grandestino, right? So it's kind of a wide range. It's anywhere from 213 to $2,900 a night, depending on the room. So all different types of rooms available. The traditional part of Coronado has the standard size room, the 314 square feet, which is the same size as most of the other moderates. Um, Port Orleans both have 314. And some of the rooms at, Cor- at uh, Caribbean Beach are, I'm sorry, Caribbean Beach, are 300 mm-hmm. square feet. So, like, this is your general uh, moderate-sized room. The regular-sized room range anywhere from 213 to 462. So I'm going to say the everyday average guest is going to be looking at between 213 and 462 a night in the not-tower area of the resort. Also in the non-tower is the one-bedroom suite, which is 940 square feet. Now we're talking. This is a room, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's anywhere between 900 and 1300 a night. Some of the casitas sections have one-bedroom suites, which are the same size as the regular one-bedroom suite. It's just in the casitas area. Therefore, it's preferred, so it's a little bit more money. Mm-hmm. Preferred because it's closer to the main area, the El Centro area, you know, where the quick service locations are, mm-hmm. what you would traditionally call the lobby. There is also an executive suite in the Casitas section. It's 1,500 square feet, sleeps eight. So when I tell you this price, just remember, you might want to split it between, let's say you're there with two different families, right? It's between 1,200 and 1,900 a night. 
Um, it's it's a full size room though. I mean, it's got a full dining room table, so you got plenty of space in this thing, this executive suite. Let's move over to the Grandestino Tower. So the standard room there is larger than the standard room of the regular Coronado Springs. This is 375 square feet. So when I tell you the price and why it's more, it's, oh, because you're getting more room. So here, the standard room ranges from 258 to 520 a night. And in both situations, I didn't specifically say it, but just like with every resort, you have different setups. So either the two queens and the one king in the room, you also have like a water view, a standard view. Sometimes you'll get like a courtyard view or something, but that really just makes up for the larger number and the range of price there. So regular room between 258 and 520 bucks. The tower also has deluxe suites. So instead of 375, it's 750. So it's double the size of mm -hmm. the room. Sleeps up to four people. So when you talk about 750 square feet, but only sleeping four people, you know, you got some room to spread out mm -hmm. in these rooms. The tower also has a one-bedroom suite, and it's a little over 1,100 square feet, which also sleeps four people. So again, more room for the four of you. Mm -hmm. And the biggest room at this resort is the Grandestino Tower Presidential Suite, which is 1,875 square feet and sleeps six, which is a lot of room mm -hmm. to sleep. And I'm going to say only six guests. And that's anywhere from $1,478 to the big number, 2921 bucks per yeah. night. I'd be They're like, beautiful okay, rooms, 12 by the of way. us could really share that. <laughs> I'm thinking about my friends. I'm like, how many of us can we squeeze into these things and split it? If you're going to squeeze, I would probably do the Casitas Executive Suite yeah. because that's 1,500 square feet. It sleeps eight. So like, yeah. if it's a little more reasonable. You can, that's probably like two families worth. You can split mm -hmm. it. It's not terrible. All right. So the restaurants in all different parts of this resort uh, are, is the El Mercado de Coronado. That's the quick service. Formerly Pepper Market. It has since mm -hmm. changed its name. Cafe Rick's, which is quick service. And then there's also the Rick's Sports Bar and Grill which is a lounge and also is table service. You can make reservations for it. Maya Grill, the restaurant you mentioned. And then over in the tower is, I'm going to say Toledo. Having been to Toledo, Spain, and that's how they pronounce mm, it there, but yeah. you can feel free You're to call right. it Toledo. But if you live in America, it's probably Toledo. <laughs> Toledo. Holy Toledo. Toledo. Uh, that's a table service at the top floor there of Grandestino. Um, Barcelona Lounge is in the kind of like sub lobby, if you will. When you walk into the tower, on ground level, you're actually on level two. You get to go downstairs. Mm. But when you're behind the resort and you walk in, you're on that like really, really yeah. first floor. But that's where the Barcelona Lounge is. Okay. And then up at the top is the Dahlia Lounge. So Dahlia and Toledo are right next to each other at the top of the resort. The gift shop is over in the classic area of the resort. It is Panchito's Gifts and Sundries. Panchito. Panchito. Panchitos. Panchitos. Yes. And then for recreation, <laughs> just like you mentioned, it has the arcade. A fitness center, big deal. Most moderates resort. The other moderate resorts don't have fitness centers. This is the only one. Mm -hmm. And the tower also has fun stuff outside. There's a big giant chessboard. Um, when I say big giant, like you know, you can pick up like the, the Harry Potter. They're, yeah, they're not like not me, I don't know. not Armani, you. <laughs> <laughs> that checkerboard. The pieces are like a foot tall. You know, chessboard. Um, yeah, they have the chess uh, chessboard and checkers board here, and they have like this pool. Um, not a swimming pool, oh. like a like a billiards, yeah. but the balls are like soccer size. So you play with your feet, which is kind of cool. Love that. Love that. All right. Those are good uh, team some... building activities, if you will. Yeah, if you're going to have your resort there. Also, can we talk about how much Disney loves the word sundries? They do. It's your they variety just love, store. They just love the word sundries. 
All right, let's talk about some opinions here about this resort. So like we do about most resorts, we'll talk about the standard versus preferred rooms or views. Just like with the other moderates, honestly, if you're staying in classic Coronado, the views to me don't make much of a difference. You're in the room. There is no balcony. Unless you have your curtains open, you're not going to really see any of these things. Mm -hmm. However, the preferred room does get you closer to the food. So Casitas 1, 2, and 3 are closest to El Centro, again, the main area. Therefore, it's considered preferred, and it's a little bit more money per night. So just that's what you're paying for there. The cabanas are close to the feature pool, and the ranchos are just far from everything, to be honest. It's, it's mm. a bit of a hike to get to get to and from the main building or the feature pool, although they do have their own small pools in the different sections, so you do have that. But just like with other resorts that have the smaller pools, it doesn't have the big slide or the big pyramid there, the dig site, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Let's talk about some of the food. So I've eaten at a couple of the different places here. I have not yet eaten at Maya Grill or Toledo upstairs, mm -hmm. although it does look great. I love myself a good tapas. Yes. Um, but the Rick's Sports Bar and Grill is an interesting place. It's a bar and grill, and it is, it's a bar and grill, right? You go in there. When you sit down, there are TVs everywhere. Like eight different sporting things are on. The day, the last time we went was the day of the Kentucky Derby. Mm. So like lots of horses up there. Um, so I'm not going to say it's a romantic atmosphere, right? Like it's maybe not Typical. like a date night restaurant, but we did it for date night. And uh, the burger I had there was excellent. It just, it was just a really good quality burger. Yeah. And um, Nicole got, I think it was like a chicken sandwich of some kind, which she said was excellent. Would you and say it was server, better than deluxe burger? No, to me, nothing okay. is better than okay. uh, a deluxe Just burger. Curious. But again, like haven't had the burger at the, the Stack Burger, whatever it's called, at mm. um, Steakhouse 71, oh, 71. Or I'm holding out to make my official best burger on property. Yeah. Um, but we were eating there, and we were enjoying our time there, and... Um, the server just so very nicely brought over a gluten-free dessert for Nicole for free. He's like, here you go. We have this. It's a gluten-free cupcake or not a cupcake. It was like a some type of cake of some kind. But it was like really nice. It was a really nice gesture. And mm. uh, so we had a good experience there. The quick service restaurant there, the El Mercado de Coronado. Um, I haven't had a bad meal there. I've had a couple of different things in there. And it's a little bit different because there are – it is cafeteria style like you mentioned. Um, but – they they make it fresh, kind of. It's so weird. So like they make they make everything, but they just make it and they put it in like a to go thing for you. Oh, like okay, um, yeah. almost like a Seven Eleven or something, right? It's like yeah. you grab it, but they are making it fresh all the time. It's like um, going to the Wawa. Really nice. Probably yeah. Haven't been to a Wawa, believe it or not, even though they're everywhere you haven't been here. Been to the Wawas yet? Or uh, we have QTs here, which are basically Wawas. Yeah, I mean, I, I get my gas at a Wawa. I just haven't gotten into buying any food. I've heard the food's but great, Greg. I'm just saying. I'm sure it's similar concept. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some pros and cons. You got a lot of pros of and cons resort. here. Got a you lot of pros. Have, you have a lot of pros, actually, so I'm excited yeah. to hear this. And, and the cons, to me, aren't really aren't real deal breakers here. But pro, it's in the middle of the property. And I mean, mm. of Walt Disney World property, which means mm. no bus ride is long. Very short to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Usually, like, the longest ride you wind up having often is to Animal Kingdom. Animal that is Kingdom. not the case. It is down the road from Animal Kingdom. Mm. And because it's located so close to World Drive, you get to zip up to Magic Kingdom really close as well. I mean, really quickly as well. So it really is a centrally located resort. The rooms, 
Um, we'll talk about the, them separately, but the rooms in the Not Tower areas of classic Coronado has some subtle Disney touches. I mentioned um, the Three Caballeros before, so several pieces on the walls have silhouettes of either all of the Three Caballeros or one or two of them in like different scenes and stuff. So again, not over, not beating over the head with Disney, but just some nice nods to the Three Caballeros, and obviously one of them is Donald, so you get that. Um, in the Grand Destino, however, as you're walking around the common areas, there are Mickeys everywhere. Um, and what I like about that is, you know, you were mentioning in, um, in building or coming up with Coronado, they were trying to strike that balance between convention center and it not being like too fun, but also, um, it being a Disney resort. So it like has to be a little fun, right? Like it's like mm-hmm. getting right. in the middle of the common ground there. And I think that the Grand Destino does it the best because it is a little higher scale, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, they're just Mickey's just everywhere. Um, and when this episode releases, I have a couple of photos of some some of the cooler hidden Mickey's in like the designs and like the lampshades and stuff. Yeah. So I'll post that. All of the rooms of this resort have the new TVs in it, which right. are almost like computer screens. Like it has has your name when you check in, and you can cast from your device. So like Netflix and Disney Plus and stuff, you can just put directly on the TV, no wires or anything. It's excellent. Mm. That's a plus, man. When you get into the hotel room, you know now, and you're like you're trying to wind down or, you know, you want your kids to be watching something, or whatever. It's just easier to mm-hmm. be able to cast your own devices to those TVs. So that's a definite plus. It is so nice. And just to be able to, I like how they, you know, all of them have this now, but just being able to see the bus schedule of wherever you are, like mm-hmm. what's going on that day. Then you can go to the actual like Disney parks channel where they're always yes. doing stuff that's going on around the parks. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. I know they're rolling them out to other resorts. I know Grand Floridian just got the upgrade over there. So at some point, it's going to be at yeah. all the resorts. Um, beautiful courtyards here in the classic section. Just like all kinds of fun little quiet spaces to hang out with water features. It's really serene out there. Hundreds of species of tropical plants and cacti all over the place. Um, to go to and from the Grandestino Tower and the original area, you can do that indoors, which is nice. So you go down to the like the bottom of the lobby in Grandestino, the walkway to the old lobby is all indoors. And I say that because if it's raining or if it's, you know, hot or buggy outside, mm-hmm. you don't have to go outside to get food when you're staying in Grandestino. Um, it's connected uh, to the to the main building there. I mentioned the fitness center is a pro. Multiple bus stops is a pro and a con. Pro saves you from walking. We'll talk about the con coming up. Um, I really think there are plenty of food options here for all different tastes. You can go fancy up at Toledo and Dahlia Lounge, or you can go regular at the quick service at uh, El Mercado de Coronado, or even the Cafe Rick's. Mm -hmm. And uh, I feel like there's just a bunch of stuff up there. The club lounge here is really interesting. Um, It's called the Kronos Club. I've been in it as part of the preview for the resort. I haven't been in it because I paid for a club access, club level access room because, you know, am cheap. But if you ever see a couple of photos of there or like a walkthrough video of it, they're just Mickey's all over the place. The fanciest versions of board games I've ever seen. Mm. It's cool up there. And because it's up pretty high, you get some great views. And truly, I think maybe one of the best things about Coronado Springs with the addition of the Grand Destino Tower are the views you get upstairs from the Dahlia Lounge. You Mm. go out on their little terrace out there. You look all the way to the left. You can see Epcot like full spaceship earth swan and dolphin the land pavilion you look a little bit to the right you can see all of hollywood studios big tower terror sticking up in the sky 
you continue turning your head and you can see the back of Everest. And then in between is uh, Blizzard Beach. So you get like three theme parks and one water park all in one spot. That's a unique thing. It's really cool up there. It's like like kind of breathtaking up there. Mm -hmm. Some cons. Multiple bus stops. That means Mm. sometimes when you go to get on a bus, it could be full. Or if you're the last stop and you get home from a resort and you're on the bus extra long, it's just the nature of a spread out resort. It can be a far walk to get to food. So if you're in the rancho section, it's it's a bit of a hike. Even if you're in cabanas or um, casitas, three, four, five, it's it's a bit of a walk to get to mm. the main building. So um, it might be in your best interest to stay in or request a room in casitas one and two and pay the preferred um, you know rate because it definitely will save you some walking. Or the bring your tower snacks. rooms, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or pack your own food. Of course, all of the rooms, every room in Disney property has a has a refrigerator, so you do have that. Um, the tower rooms can be a little pricey for a moderate because they are like a moderate deluxe, so you're paying more. I think you're getting a great room, great looking room, but just know that that's a con for me because if you're thinking moderate, it's definitely on the higher end of moderate. Yeah. Um, because it's a convention and they have convention space, it's open to all kinds of guests, not just convention business people. We're talking like cheer squads, travel groups, which is great for them, nothing against them. But when large groups of people come, it tends to clog up common areas of resorts. So just know this is one of those resorts where you're going to see large groups of people all over the place sometimes. And the cheer groups, you know, they like to cheer. mm, Yeah, can be loud. They will walk around the parks cheering. So they will probably walk around the resort cheering too. Mm -hmm. And the best way to get around that is you can actually look up dates – of all those competitions and stuff. So that's what Doug and I used to do. We used to be like, hey, when's the band competition? When is like the big soccer thing? When's the cheer competition? Because um, you can find those dates online. So you know how to get around them. The last con I have is that it maybe isn't the best for families with young kids, especially in this category. I mean, Port Orleans, Riverside, French Quarter. You know. I feel like they have more going for them. Caribbean Beach, Caribbean Beach same thing. Um, this is definitely a little bit more grown-up-y, if you will, of the four moderate resorts. Yeah, I could see that. Although, I mean, um, it seems like they really, with that pool, that pool, the pool seems is cool. really stinking cool. Yes. So, but. Um, so those are my pros and cons. Do with them, do with that information as you will, um, as you're booking your, your resorts. Um, I will tell you that Coronado Springs is a fun place to run. Running around Lago Dorado is cool during sunrise. Honestly, I think it's a beautiful resort. Mm. It was one of the, the one of the first places I ran on on Disney property, actually. So, it's really cool. And although I haven't stayed at Coronado a whole bunch, I visited. I visit quite a bit. And most recently, we just did a date night. We went and got dinner at the Rick's Cafe, the Rick's you know uh, sports bar and grill, and um. We played chess outside of the big chess board, and we had, like, a great time. It was actually like, just a fun yeah. place to, to hang out. So there it is. Oh, some date net music, if you will, Coronado from Coronado Springs. Springs. And that'll wrap today's Resort Rundown. Yeah. All right. Got a, a, a little bit of news for you. Yeah? The lineup was announced for the Eat to the Beat concert series Ooh, for Food and Wine 2022. We got this year. It's not Garden Rocks, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we go. I don't know if you're ready for this. Okay, I'm ready. 
I don't think you're ready for this, Jenny. I don't think you're ready for this. All right, guys, we're going to start out with heavy hitters. July 14th and 15th, opening night of the E to the B concert series, The Baja Men. Shut Asking up. the age-old question, who let the dogs out? Who let um, the also, dogs out? Big Bad Voodoo Daddies after that. Yeah. Taylor Dane, Tiffany. Okay, here's an interesting Taylor one. Taylor Dane August, and Tiffany. I Stop know. It. August 5th through the 8th. <laughs> Sorry. August 5th through the 8th, Joey Fatone and Friends. Oh. Who were these no. friends? Probably the rest of the rest of NSYNC. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. Out. Could be. Could be Chris Kirkpatrick. Um <laughs> Everyone wants to see. Uh, some of these people I don't know. We'll okay. skip around. Christopher Cross will be there. Okay. Journey, former lord, uh, <laughs> former lord, Journey, former lead vocalist Steve Augury. Is okay, I was there. like, wait, Journey. I was like, that's a big deal, but it's just yeah. the former lead vocalist from Journey. Yes. Okay. Uh, Air Supply, Chris Allen and David Cook from American I'm Idol. Hoobastank. Oh, Hoobastank. I'm Hoobastank. not a perfect person. <laughs> Everyone knows that song. It was played a million times in their heads. A million the... times. Yeah, oh, 20 years ago, I'd have yes. been like, oh, my God, Hoobastank. Um, B.B. Mac. And now I want you to know. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> now it's going to be stuck in my head the rest of the day. I found oh a God. reason for you. All right, sorry. Toby Mac. For me. For me, not for, for you. For me, Sorry. Um, change who I used to be <laughs> okay, so a reason to, to start yeah. over new um, and the reason <laughs> is you <laughs> sorry I just had to okay uh, let's see BB Mac BB Mac not Toby Mac BB Mac no Sheila E mm-hmm. 38 special Billy okay. Ocean and here we go oh gosh uh, October 28th through the 31st Hanson <gasps> A little mbop for you. Don't ya. get me started. Oh my god! And then closing out the E to the B mm-bop. concert series. We're gonna sing it. Da ba do, do it da ba do, da ba do. In the mbop gone, in the mbop is not there. So much like them. <laughs> <laughs> so not you the ones who really care? Cause in the end, I'll be the only ones there. And when you get old, start losing your hair. You find out who will still care. <laughs> I just, you just saved everybody a trip to Epcot. You're welcome. You just got it. There's your free ticket, front row seat. Oh my seat. gosh. Uh, closing out the series, <sighs> November 4th through the 7th, is Boys to Men. <gasps> Stop it. Yeah. Which Are one? they not I still would, in Vegas? You know they had a Vegas, Vegas residency forever, and I thought they were still in Vegas, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no more of that. Um, let's jump into some okay. history. Hustle As rap. always, brought to you in partnership by the Mouselets, who just wrapped up their trip staying at a different moderate resort. Yeah. But you can follow them on their Insta, TikTok, at the Mouselets. All right, what you got? At the Mouselets. I'm going back to 1998. This is when the newly expanded Disney Orlando Animation Studios opened at Disney World. The new Magic of Disney Animation Tour included uh, includes an expanded ver- uh, viewing area where guests were able to, to meet Disney animation artists and see the ongoing work of future animated releases. Remember the Magic of that? Disney Animation? 1998. Holy moly. I feel like I remember little bits of this or like seeing videos of it or something, but mm. basically you could like walk around and see them actually working on current projects. Yeah. Nuts. Which is just nuts. Now they're like, uh, you can't come into this building. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, 
What you got? I'm going to take us eight years ago in 2014 when a certain attraction opened a new fantasy land, and that attraction was Seven Dust Mine Train. Seven Dust Mine Train. Um, <laughs> yeah, eight years later, and it's still the highest profile attraction in Magic Kingdom know, until is, Tron Light well, Cycle opens yeah. up, I assume. That's true. I assume. I Seven am curious if that's really going to like quiet down, because I feel like Frozen is still... Yeah. You know, like Frozen was such a big deal, and I'm like, oh, when all these other things open, it'll. And I'm like, I feel like Frozen is still redonkulous. Their wait times are well, still ridiculous. It's geared for kids, right? Yeah, Whereas, that's true. you know, Guardians is about to open up. Although yeah. kids will go on, and obviously that's not a full family ride. Ratatouille is a full family ride that got pretty popular. Um, right, but I think Frozen generally is more popular than the movie Ratatouille. Yeah, uh, Doug was watching the the trackers video about guardians. He was like, Jen, Jen tracker literally was like getting like verklempt. Like she was, <laughs> she was getting emotional about the ride and how good it was. So I'm like, yeah, it's I a can't cool freaking ride. wait. God, I really hope we are going to be able to do it. So everyone put some good vibes out there. Anyways. Um, before we wrap it up, we want to give a shout out to world traveler trading co on Etsy. You can find her store on Etsy.com. She sells Disney themed and macrame key fobs, dog collars, mouse head, key rings, mouse keys, all the things. She's got a lot of things going on over there. So check it out. And if you want to save a little bit of cash, you can use our promo code that park life to save a little bit of dough. Okay. Before Greg wraps it up with, um, one of his lovely quotes. If you like what you heard today, feel free to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also leave us a review on iTunes so that others can locate locate us easier as their premier Disney podcast. You can also follow along with us on Instagram or the TikToks at that Park Life Podcast. If you like to leave us a question, you can do so on our Instagram highlight, Ask Beth and Greg. If you want to follow our personal Instagram accounts, I am at the real Beth McDonald. And I am at the Disney Greg. And as always, you can head to our website if you want to submit a request for an episode, share a magical cast member moment, or just some Disney magic. You can do a magic gram for a friend or family member. We just love sharing the magic. It's free for you, free for them. And that is at thatparklifepodcast.com. All right, Greg. All right. Take it away. A quote from The Fox and the Hound, a movie that we don't really talk about a whole lot. No, because it's very sad. Yes. <laughs> quote, darling, forever is a long, long time, and time has a way of changing things. Mm-hmm. And with that, thank you everybody for hanging out with us, talking all about Disney's Coronado Springs Resort. We'll see y'all next time. We'll see you next time on That Park Life Podcast. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. I'll make love to you when oh. you want me to. You didn't let me sing my Boys to Men song, so there you go. Oh, gosh. It-